Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, and welcome to the SmackDown Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by another one of the Dudley boys, huh? Michael Hamlet from What Culture, to review everything that happened on this week's episode of Friday Night SmackDown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and YouTube, uh. where we do daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review SmackDown, but also uh, the show formerly known as NXT2, but... AW Dynamite, AW Collision, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a good quiz, of course, on WrestleCoach. As I said, they're joined by Michael Hamlet to review SmackDown, a show many people are calling the best show of the weekend. Uh, oh, it's a hospital pass. The, <laughs> you know, it just occurred to me. Full gear review coming later. Yeah. It just occurred to me as you were doing your intro there that when we do these SmackDown podcasts specifically... Because there's no Sidge or it's not a group think. The first time anybody hears, the first three times anybody hears my voice uh, on this podcast, on any SmackDown coverage, <laughs> it's just like a monosyllabic noise. Yeah. It goes from, eh? To, oh, to, oh, like that. <laughs> but those quite accurately describe, like, the noises being made out of my kitchen as I was doing the washing up on Saturday morning, watching SmackDown on one and a half times speed. An incredibly busy weekend. A lovely one, nonetheless. Yeah. But an incredibly busy weekend entertaining family. So my typical sneaking in SmackDown while the kids eat breakfast had to be expedited even more so because I was making breakfast for other people and, like, trying to hold my phone and be like, yeah, yeah, what is it? Tea, coffee, yeah, right, yeah, bacon. Do you want sausage? Do you want egg? Yeah, yeah, anyway, Sorry, what's he just said? Everybody <laughs> shut the f*** up a second. What's Santa said now? <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry, right, oh, so you want... No, we do. I've I, I actually bought some um, I the frozen ones, but they're really nice. I bought some hash browns um, from as they've got a like lovely nice section of frozen. Oh, they are good. Yeah, like it's. I've got these like uh, I, like we don't eat black pudding to be honest, but I know you like it, so I bought it especially. So you, what the f- Becky Lynch is there? <laughs> like it was all those noises and then some. Yeah, I had a whale of a time with this matter. And look, I'm really excited to dive into full gear. Um, so I just want to address your little flipping opener there. Uh, it was a tremendous ple, mm. but. Resting is for everybody, and different resting is for different people. Yes. And I made similar noises during this edition of SmackDown as I did during that death match in my head. Right? So I can't wait to talk about that. But equally, as you've found out to your peril this morning, as I've been pestering you on Slack since 9am, <laughs> I also can't wait to talk about this. This SmackDown did stuff to me. It did stuff to me. I love this show. Yeah. So much so that I text you just the word smackers <laughs> at about 11 o'clock on Saturday morning because I was astonished with what they pulled out here. Yeah. Because, it, it, you know, Raw, especially last week, felt like, eh, we've got another week. And I know SmackDown's on FS1, so maybe they put all the big stuff here mm-hmm. so that next week, if viewership, whatever. Yeah. But, Jesus Christ. I was blown away. Yeah. Like, I've been excited to talk about this. Mm. And I just feel like, you know, AEW fans, I mean, at least they, uh, you know, they've still got that thing about uh, bloody world title defense with loads of shenanigans. You wouldn't get that in AEW. 
Anyway, we'll talk about that later. Uh, that's, I, ooh, I, I don't, well, I don't, I don't Divisive, know. Divisive, let's say. We'll leave it at that yeah, for now. Yeah, probably. Uh, so, uh, it wasn't all good, I will say, mm-hmm. this uh, this SmackDown. Uh, particularly um, the opening of this show. Uh, we had a big video package uh, recapping what's been going on with Damage Katarl. Uh, and there's uh, Michael Cole. His, oh God, sorry. His co-commentator. Kevin Patrick! Yeah. Uh, and this week they were joined not by Kevin Owens, but by Road Dog. No! No, no, no! But that was the worst part of the show. It was. Let's get this out of the way early. A bad call across this broadcast. Road Dog was not so good, Al. Um, Kevin. Really good references as well. Yeah, of course there was. Like, why would he not zero in on one of the only periods when he was actually like a hot star in wrestling? Kevin Patrick was not great here, and I. We haven't really spoke much about this because we're... Are we big fans of Kevin Patrick? Or yeah. was it just one of your favourite all-time bits? I like him. I think he's a really affable presence mm. in WWE, but I don't think he's a particularly great commentator. Uh, Any time... We'll just get this out of the way now because I was otherwise very positive on the show. Any time that Michael Cole used to get praise from anybody and everybody within WWE or outside of it or anyone that had worked with him, it was never, ah, oh, like, Michael Cole, man. Remember that all-time call of his when so-and-so won the title? Or remember, like, when you think of that heel turn, you don't just think of the chair shot, you think of Michael Cole. Yes. Never, ever. It was always like, <laughs> man, that guy controls some traffic out there. And you've got Vincent Mann is here. He's got a million things to promote. He's got his other commentators to help along with the ride. It's always just like, it's the Randy Orton wrestler's wrestler thing, right? It's like, well, I went out there with Randy. We worked 20 minutes. I took three bumps. And the crowd were loud. It was amazing. I was like, well, I was really bored, but I'm glad I'm glad you had an easy night at work. Right? I get it. Yeah. Like, I was saying this to you, right? You're a goddamn broadcast professional. My job when you are off is 50 times harder than it is when you're in. And if anybody doesn't believe me, just listen to Wiki Sumer or check out the times that I uploaded the wrong frigging podcast or left an F-bomb in there. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's hard when somebody is clearly the best at one job and you have to sort of try and do another one. To that end, Kevin Patrick is not a great uh, traffic cop on all the sort of moving parts of SmackDown. But I still can't work out if I like him as a commentator or not. I was pro Tom Phillips, and yeah. a lot of people weren't. And I, I don't know. I don't know what a good WWE commentator is supposed to be anymore, but this didn't feel like a good, cohesive call. Mm. And I say that as somebody that, like, I don't miss Corey Graves, but, like, what's that musical? I've, I've grown accustomed to your face. Yes. So I've just come to tolerate Corey Graves's in inverted commas, witticisms that I've just like, I've accepted him as part of the furniture at this point. Because that's what this is, isn't it? It's just yeah. cover, it's just cover for Corey. It's never going to be Vic Joseph and Booker T. Oh, teachable moment! Teachable moment! It's never going to be, it's never going to be uh, 12 years and 363 days from when uh, CM Punk was covering an edition mm-hmm. of Monday Night Raw from Orlando, Florida, is it? You can't get these specific things all the time. Never give me Adnan Burke, is it? Come on, guys. <laughs> oh, God, sad Adnan Oh, Burke. poor guy. Blum face. Hey, at least you have the zombies. We'll always have the zombies. That was his one PLE. <laughs> Get in. Do the big show. Get the f*** out of there. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I, I'm fine with Kevin Patrick, and he's not Road Dog, so there you go. <laughs> anyway, here comes uh, Damage Control, uh, and by God, do they hit the ground running with this show. So Bailey's out there. She's so happy with how things are going. Obviously, she's got this huge stable, this ever-growing stable, mm-hmm. unbeknownst to her sometimes, yeah. with her. Eh, she's having a good time. She welcomes everyone to SmackDown. She calls the crowd dum-dums because they didn't really want to have to celebrate with them dum-dums. They're stuck <laughs> there, aren't they? Uh, and then she talks about... Hang on. 
No, I know we're not videoing this, but I'm doing it anyway. Her plan to bring yeah. Asuka into the group, described it as one of the top five moments in WWE history, <laughs> said that they're playing chess while the other idiots are playing Candyland, and then she just went, Yahtzee, for no reason. <laughs> and uh, she said, uh, I suppose you could say, uh, Charlotte, Bianca, and Shotzi were not ready for Asuka. That's kind of the reaction it got from the rest of Damage Control, to be honest. Yeah. They just looked at each other, and then Asuka spoke in Japanese to Kairi saying in Neo Sky, and they were yucking it up, and Bailey was like, what are we talking about, guys? But Dakota Kai comes in and she says, well, actually, Bailey, you're wrong. And this was the first of many oh my God. moments throughout this show. Um, this isn't the new and improved damage control because there's someone in the ring who isn't in the new damage control. And you had that moment of, well, not, not now. We haven't had war games yet. <laughs> Kai says, it's Asuka, obviously, yeah. after a very pregnant pause. Uh, and Bailey gets on one knee, asks Asuka, Asuka to be in the group, says, don't worry, we'll get you all on the T-shirts eventually. Gives her a T-shirt. They celebrate. And Dakota Kai says, yeah, um, we're uh, we, we're going to do war games. And Bailey's like, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I want actually. Yeah, yeah, war games. Uh, and Shotzi's music hit, and a ghost tank comes out. <laughs> no one's driving the tank um, because it's a distraction, so Shotzi can jump them from behind. Charlotte and Bianca come out, but of course, the numbers game catch up to them, uh, and they get their asses thrown out of the ring whilst damage control stand tall. The spooky tank. <laughs> it's funny. It's, I'm a lot like ghosts because ghost tanks don't give a shit. Uh, this was great. Yeah. This uh, this damage catarrhal uh, two-week. Shall we get this stable over in a way they've never really been over before and set up a War Games match? It's quite remarkable. Incredible. Quite remarkable. Where's this come from? Just the dynamic shifting uh, overnight pretty much has been perfect. The There's so much to draw from now where there was kind of nothing before. Bailey was... Uh, helping two wrestlers get a leg up on the main roster. That was pretty much the DNA of Damage Katara. Yeah. And then was just that. And then was she a hindrance, really? But then, like, saying that in one breath was, oh, well, then EOS guys just won the belt. Yeah. And Dakota Kai looks like buzzing to be there. So is she a hindrance or a help? We just don't know. And it was never really made that clear. And then he would sometimes say, stay back. And Bailey would say, no. And then she wouldn't stay back. And then there was no real consequences. No. And we just trundled along. And it just never really felt like it was ever going to be as good as the sum of its parts. And then we've kind of had this all at once. So the way in which now it's EO's group and you just, you know, we've all kind of seen how this happens in real life, let alone in pro wrestling. You kind of, the reveal that Dakota Kai can be as in on the conversations as the other three was fantastic. Mm. Because if Bailey didn't already feel like an outsider, she's now even more cast adrift because... Like, even if it's just her paranoia and Asuka, Eosky, and Kari saying aren't making jokes at Bailey's expense, uh, she will now think that until Dakota Kai tells her otherwise. So that's just surrendering even more control mm. to Dakota Kai as, like, a translator, as a go-between between this, like, Eosky hostile takeover of Damage Control. So that's great in terms of this group. Um Bailey, them continuing to position Bailey looking like Seth Rollins when the Click and DX were having that catch up is fantastic. Yeah. Like, it shouldn't work as well as it does, but like Bailey is in a unique position where she is a heel that kind of deserves this comeuppance, but will then likely be baby faced as a result of the split. Mm. And you're kind of getting both. That doesn't normally work. When Evolution kicked Randy Orton out, it was like, yeah, I want to get behind this guy that the other three have called a complete loser. <laughs> and yeah, I sort of think this will work. Yeah. For when Bailey inevitably gets I'm the ready boot. to cheer her again. Yeah. And I think they'll be so vicious and cruel in the beatdown, and they'll. And Dakota Kai will be forced to make a choice. And now it's way more 
ah, which side is she on rather than, does she feel a bit pushed out by all of this that suddenly mm. occurred? Like, does she feel like that she was on the up and up with EO or not? Now we don't know, and that's captivating. As another aside, how great would it be if on the sly, realising the way the wind's blowing, Bailey on, like, quietly learnt Japanese? <gasps> and then the reveal, the week that, like, do you not think, I know what you're saying, I tricked you. And, like, she's heard everything. Like, I've heard everything. Like, again, to go back to Evolution, when Batista was stood behind the door, it was a bit phony and a bit fake. Like, the, we're just going to uh, reveal all the details of our super secret plan while this massive camera films us, mm. said Triple H and Ric Flair. And Batista's by the door. <laughs> I got him. I'm the mastermind. Barely doing that by learning a different language would be quite the nice payoff to all of this. That's one of my favourite scenes in the Dracarys scene in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Where Khaleesi reveals, you know... You've been slagging me off into my face. Oh, my God. You know I can speak your language, don't you? Yeah. And he's suddenly like, oh, bollocks. Oh, no. Oh, I think I'm going to be, uh, what was it, burnt? Yeah. Iced and burnt and equal, like, whatever it was. He was had like, he, yeah. he's trying to control. Hot he wax gets, on him or something? No, he, he's the one who's got, he gets he gets a dragon for the, uh, oh, the Oh, yeah, she's like. And he goes, why can't I bloody control this dragon? And she goes, set on fire. Swerved to it. Yeah. And Louise's favorite scene, like, she knows it like word for word. It's great, that. Um, so yeah, love this. Uh, but again, you establish that the heels are still dominant despite the obvious fractures in the group. I just wish we were already at the payoff. And I just wish, you know, there was a professional wrestling journalist who'd maybe, I don't know, pitch this on the SmackDown preview about them going around the locker room trying to recruit someone and everyone they try and recruit getting their asses handed to them. I just wish maybe, you know, they were such a qualified journalist they had the number one UK wrestling podcast. But Huh? Charlotte, huh? Bianca, and Shotzi are backstage. Shotzi's like, I'm sorry for being so compulsive. I just want to kick the bloody butts. Yeah. Uh, and Belair's like, think you know who we need? Charlotte's like, Ugh. and then the uh, the GM for SmackDown, can't remember what his name is, uh, he walks in, <laughs> says, uh, look, you need to give me your answer inexplicably by the end of this show. Yeah. That, <laughs> convoluted, but I don't care. Like... It's a show-long angle, whatever, however you want to get show there, fine. Show-long storyline, and wherever the mystery person was, was obviously available <laughs> to me. I'm just glad all the war game teams have been set up. Anyway, looking forward to uh, Drew McIntyre explaining his actions and Randy Orton showing up on tonight's <laughs> Raw. Uh, then we got a number one contenders match to see who will be uh, fighting for the tag titles this week, mm -hmm. I believe. Um, what is this, AEW announcing this after our podcast's gone out? Thanks, guys. Stop it. That's not, nothing on AEW, by the way. It just really frustrates me when we do a preview and then they go, here's this amazing match that you could have talked about. It used to be the, um, do you remember the Wednesday Night War preview where it used to be the NXT trick because they were desperately yes. grabbing on for any bonus numbers they could get 15 minutes or showtime and AEW didn't really need to. No. And now they're like, well, it did work and we do sort of need to, so they'll, in, you know, they'll drop a, that night off. In AEW's defense, like, yeah, they have Rampage, um, normally the mm. night before collision, and they use the sort of springboard to set, put, set stuff up. But no one watched Rampage. Um, so it was. Uh, so how would we know? The Brawling Brutes versus Pretty Deadly. Yes, boy! Versus the Street Profits. Oh, and the Working Backlash. We got some! Très bon. Très, très bon. By the way, we need to have a chat about something we spoke about off air as well. Oh, great. I think, uh, in the words of Pitbull. Someone might give me the green light for uh, the thing. Oh, that's, that's what we're calling a six-month tease, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Anyway, join us for the uh, Survivor Series War Game stream on Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, early on, back and forth. Uh, Three-way, obviously. Um, Butch tags in. Ridge Bloody Holland. He hits a shoulder block on Montez Ford. Suplexes Kit Wilson. Swings him round by his neck. That got the crowd up. Yep. Hit a uh, big DDT. 
Uh, he knocked Wilson over the top rope, and they're going to do the 10 beats of the bodron on Pretty Deadly, but the Provis break that up. So the Brawling Brutes go, oh, I'll just do it on you then. Pretty Deadly attacked the Brutes, sent uh, Holland into the ring steps, and they stood tall, did, uh, did Wilson and Prince as we go to a break. When we come back, Ridge Holland suplexed Ford and Prince at the same time on each arm. Oh, my God. Oh my I feel God. like it's just a thing that he does all the time, but it's merits. Like, oh, it's amazing. You would take you and I, hmm. <laughs> a great deal of steroids to try and do something <laughs> it, like it that. It tickles. Never. Yes, exactly. Um, so following that, Butch and uh, Dawkins come in. Butch just cleans house. He hits a moonsault onto Wilson on the outside. Tornado DDT off the steps on Elton Prince. Uh, Butch stands tall over Dawkins and then hits a moonsault over the, uh, off the second rope onto just everyone mm-hmm. on the outside. Uh, Dawkins fires back up, though. He slams Butch onto Prince, who'd just come back into the ring. Kit Wilson goes up top. Holland cuts him off. It's a superplex, uh, but... Prince has made a blind tag. He tries to pin Holland but after Ford's hit a splash. But uh, Butch comes in and breaks it up. Bobby Lashley's watching backstage and having a quick chat to B-Fab as well. Mm. Holland clotheslines both profits uh, and both members are pretty deadly. And Butch goes to bro kick Prince, but Prince moves. Butch kicks Holland. The profits hit the revelation on Ridge and get the one, two, three. They are the new number one contenders. Lashley walks out, he celebrates with his boys. And uh, post-match problems for the brawling brutes. Holland's mad, pushes Butch away and storms off whilst Butch isn't sure what's what's next for them. Yeah, the story and the plotting was laid on typically thick here, but I enjoyed it more so because of it. Uh, This was kind of every... uh, three team or what five person plus was that the rule yeah like WWE match where they're just really great at agent in them in a way where they never really feel like they stop that much mm. um very like the only highlights are highlight i pull out highlights because it was telling one singular story and that story wasn't street profits becoming number one contenders it was about oh my god butch can do that and butch can do that and butch can do that mm-hmm. and if WWE was every now and then a little bit more elegant with its storytelling you would have Six months of Butch, be, uh, excuse me, Ridge Holland being this like sort of standout member of this team mm. and just showing you that he can do more and more and more and more and more. Similar to the build of the Creed Brothers on NXT. Yes. Like you see what Julius does every week, but then Brutus, like week after week after week, shows you that he can offer just as much to the package. They kind of had to rush through that in one match. Like what you got from Ridge Holland here was like, hey man, like... Uh, Rich Holland has actually been low-key cooking for two years. <laughs> he's not, but then he doesn't always get agented to do so. No. He's just often the, the big guy in the big guy, small guy team. Here, though, like all the shine was on him to make sense of the finish, which was him starting to take a look at if the Brawling Brutes is really for him. And I like that as a development as well. Like I was saying, I'm, I'm kind of pro-Brawling Brutes as a team that are there to elevate other teams. Mm. Um, so you can do a few more defeats. If this is a route to a split, I want this to last a little bit longer. I think you can beat these quite a lot. Yeah. Some and Seamus should come back and be like, what's going on, lads? Yeah. Come on, let's sort exactly. this out over a pint. Exactly that. Like, entertaining matches, have Seamus be the fixer for a little while. Oh, things are back on track for the Brawling Brutes. And then have it just seed it from now. You've done it almost like out of nowhere. Ridge is getting a bit sick. And Ridge is awesome and he can go. Like, now have them reach breaking point, Seamus fix it, and then seed it from there. Brit start bringing pint glasses down to the ring to share a pint after the match. And then there's your... He's going to smash it over his head when he's pissed all up. <laughs> he glasses him. Yes. Sugar glass. Yeah. Not real gr- glass. Grimy a river. God, I miss him. Not Jack Perry. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Sorry, everyone. Um, 
a theme of the show came next. Uh, basically, if they're about to go to break and you are a female in the SmackDown locker room and one of the members of the War Games team's chatting to you, when we come back, it's not going to be a good time Sorry, for you. guys. <laughs> Belair's chatting to Meechin, one of the names we mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when we come back, Damage Control has killed her. Yeah. Uh, and we get a video um, about Dragon Lee and... Oh, God, I forgot his name. The SmackDown GM. Uh, and it's announced that uh, Dragon Lee having put on some brilliant performance against Cedric Alexander, he's now going to face Axiom from NXT. No! This came out of nowhere, and I was like, well, he's done awesome stuff with Cedric Alexander. I don't think they can go wrong with with Axiom, and they didn't. You know how, you know how, uh, Eric, 12 weeks and a bit? Three months now, yeah, technically. Three months, three months. I don't know, at what, what point do you switch? He's, he's 13 weeks or three months. I don't know, I was probably, hmm. When people get to like, how old's your baby? And it's like, 72 weeks. I'm going to say a year at that point. I, I think probably like, maybe you're in that zone, but then some people might say like 30 odd weeks because it sounds like an impressive mm. number. You can choose that. I mean, it's all downhill from it. He's peaked. <laughs> but like, I was going to say, like, are you finding, uh, like you said, three months, are you finding that you're hitting new parental milestones, but then they can't be that new because did you also feel like a proud father when Axiom got the call? Oh. Like all these NXT, like when the Creed's popped up a couple of weeks ago, it's like, like this specific era of NXT call-up, it's just hitting different, isn't yes. it? Like Tiffany Stratton's going to get a call-up sooner or later. And Jesus Christ, like I'm, I'm so ready to see to see the kids graduate. Yes. I, I'm so buzzing for Another them. member of our family, our flock, yeah. that was very upset for later on in the show for this uh-huh. exact reason. Yeah. No, it was great. Uh, and, well... And he gets it twice, because they're ne- inevitably going to take this stupid gimmick off him, and yeah. then he can just be a kid. Oh, it's a kid. <laughs> a kid. Aye. Yeah, mate, yeah well, sorry. I'll, uh, I've slept on your dick there. We'll, uh, we'll review the match. You mean Kid A as an entrance thing? Oh, my God. Well, the whole album. He's <laughs> 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 gone from the sublime to the ridiculous, where he takes, like, two seconds to speed to the ring. And he said he's got to last an hour, but, like, you know, once it hits the middle of video tech, you're like, all right, I'm quite into this. Yeah, you know, they like, change the lighting for Sinkar for A-Kid. It's just Kid A playing in the background <laughs> of, his, of his matches. A-Kid getting uh, ready head to enter to. Fed being top of the business. I would say, Wilborn, everything's in its right place. Yeah. Right. You suppose you could also oh, God. say... That's really an album. I'm feeling uh, very optimistic. Very good. About that. Very nice. I mean, you know what's going to happen, don't you? But these people get the call They get the call up. Mm. Everybody loves them. And then within six months, it's like, no, he's out. Mm. But... Uh, yeah, I'm just worried if they get stuck in limbo. And then, <laughs> you know, you're thinking, oh, what a bunch of idiotechs are running this. And the next thing you know, like, they go, oh, well, we've lost them as a baby face. We're going to have to go down a cheap heat route. Interrupt the national anthem. <laughs> I'm going off memory and I'm running out. I'm sorry. Yeah. You've got the Otherwise, uh, it's going to be like, what is this? How to disappear completely? It's enough. Motion picture soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Untitled hidden track. Picture two seconds. Yeah. Uh, Dragon League versus Axiom. Me and uh, Nicholas did that on a podcast horseman episode once, you know, just to send it to madness and. Uh, Trying to like speak completely in Radiohead song titles by the end. Podcast Horseman, by the way, if you like Bojack Horseman. What's this? There's an episode of episode audio review podcast of the critically acclaimed Netflix series Bojack Horseman, recorded between 2020 and 2022. So imagine how the frig that sounds. I don't just mean in terms of quality, because it's poor over (laughs) Skype, but it's also because we're locked down for almost the full duration of it. Check out on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. I went to uh, Leeds Festival many, many moons ago, Mm. and I got, in the space of three days, 
see Arctic Monkeys again. Mm-hmm. On load, obviously. Uh, Block Party. Oh my god. Prodigy. Oh my god. And Radiohead. I think Block Party were the co-headliners with yeah. Radiohead. And I was like, I think I've completed festivals. I Radiohead were for many, many years. And kind of still are, but not really. They were like my favourite band. But they, yeah. were like, they were my first favourite band in a way where you really fall desperately head over heels in love with the band. And when, I, when I went through my grumpy phase. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably got like AEW fans are experiencing now. Uh, but I had it when I was 14 and I've listened to the Benz for the first time. It's fine. We all have it in different yeah. ways. Uh, yeah, like band that sort of changed my life, but it's cliche to say it because they had changed a lot of people's lives. I've still never, ever seen them live. <gasps> and when they do their own tours, it's like 300 squilling quid a ticket and you've got to travel to Italy or something. Yeah. So you did well to catch them on a festival scene. I think the big one for me, the big one that I've not seen, because Queens of the Stone Age were on for a while. Mm. I'd like... Three big bands growing up. Yeah, Radiohead, mm-hmm. Queens of the Stone Age were huge for me. I was like, I, do I like rock music? <laughs> and obviously Arctic Monkeys. Uh, but the big one for me, I think, if it was like you can go to one gig, mm-hmm. Daft Punk. Yeah, in the them. Sphere. I did. Oh, in the Sphere. Well, we've yeah, we've already booked that, haven't we? Yeah, <laughs> did see Daft Punk once at uh, Rock Nest. Oh wow, Rocknest. they were they were they were great. Um, Kylie, I think, is the last one left for me. Is it? Yeah, I still haven't seen. She's playing in Vegas at the moment, so we could do a doubler. We could go to the Sphere for anything and see Kylie in residence at like one of their casinos. God. She's there till June, which uh, keep my fingers crossed ends because of a UK tour. <gasps> Speaking of which, Nicola Roberts uh, posted on X yesterday. If <laughs> girls allowed update, I on if four, and it's from the uh, the cinema screen from the uh, the promise video. So I'll be checking today either Kimberly or Cheryl. Or Nadine tweeting a three, and then a two, and then a one, and then I think it's going to be new music and a door. Oh god, that'd be like the second biggest thing this week. Yeah, after our live show. Yeah. Uh, Dragon. You see, the difference between those two things is that you can probably buy tickets for girls allowed, whereas you simply can't. Can't we sold out? Sorry. Shoot, sell out. Although, check out my X today. I've retweeted the beers that are available. So Matt Rains, while you oh, can't be there. Yeah. In person, you can absolutely be there in spirit because, quite frankly, some of the ABVs these things can be compared to vodka <laughs> gin and rum. And uh, I will point out that uh, we are filming it, so hopefully you get to see lots of the stuff on our YouTube channel, What yeah. Culture Wrestling Podcast, on YouTube. <laughs> Unless it's a total disaster. <laughs> Don't be discouraged, ticket buyers. <laughs> Too late now. <laughs> uh, Dragon Lever Axiom, then. A um, lot of fun start early on, just ex- exactly what we expect from these two. Loads of reversals, pins, etc. cetera. Uh, Dragon Lee drop kicks Axiom outside. This was a match with some phenomenal drop kicks. Yeah. Second week in a row where Dragon Lee has been told, can you go out there and make make noise with wrestling? Yeah. Got it, boss. Like, is, Started it, off is like, this the push? Is, yeah. this, is this the push? Because I think it might be. I think it's like, do you want to see Dragon Lee do something that's going to make you go, Jesus Christ, what was that? And then the whole building comes up for it. Apparently they've got a big endorsement from Rey Mysterio coming for, for Dragon Lee we're talking about on the news. Mm-hmm. He might be factoring into this LWO stuff, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Really excited and, and just so happy that they've, they've realised what they've got in their hands here. Yeah, he hits a big flip dive to the to the floor and a big uh, running corner drop kick to take Axiom's head off to take us to a break. Come back, Axiom's got the upper hand. He drop kicks Lee to the outside. Uh, he goes up top and it's a high moonsault onto him. Rolls him back in, goes up top. Uh, but uh, Dragon Lee get, gets away, kicks him right in the head. Um, they fight on the top rope. Dragon Lee hits that double stomp onto Axiom. Uh, chops him, Axiom fires back with chops of his own, and like I say, picture-perfect dropkick in there. Hits a fall-away suplex and a running knee, but Lee fights back with a beautiful brain buster. Um, Lee lifts Axiom up for one arm, for a powerbomb, sorry, the one-arm bit comes later, 
an Axiom it turns it in a ridiculous oh. uh, destroyer for a near fall. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Liquid. Uh, they fight on the top rope again. Axiom hits a super Spanish fly. Uh, this is awesome chance mm-hmm. from the crowd. They've woken up. Lee drops- Justified. Lee just slams Axiom on his head because he gets a one-arm powerbomb as part of a pinfall. The thing, isn't it? One-arm stuff. Mm. It's a new thing. And uh, running knee to the head and the Operation Dragon finisher of Dragon Lee's gets him the one, two, three. Another brilliant showcase. Tremendous. Uh, yeah, another, like I say, another week where you feel like you have an expectation of what you're going to get from a Dragon Lee match and he exceeds it mm. and in turn does the same seemingly to an entire building full of people. I kind of love watching the volume getting turned up and up and up. And not in the way that people press the button for Dominic, just in the way that you can see fans gradually losing their mind at what's in front of them. Some of them like even like come back from the toilets or getting popcorn. They're like, yeah. oh my God. Um, a great showcase for Axiom. Um, regardless of if this is like for, for keeps or if he's just going to go back to NXT for a while, it was sort of the perfect spot for him, I thought. Yes. The pace, just a relentless pace. I saw comparisons over the weekend to um, like classic uh, Rey Mysterio, Hooven 2 Guerrero in ECW uh-uh. or Rey and Eddie from Halloween Havoc 97. And I don't think they were off the mark at all. Like just the chemistry and how slick some of these exchanges, they kind of live or die by how yeah. fluid they are. And there was not so much as a, like a loose leg or an errant arm or anything like that. It was lush. It was so luxurious to watch. Great stuff. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be Big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash whatculture. 
Right, here comes Santos Escobar. Oh, my God. This was another one where I, I realise he's done a lot of stuff elsewhere. Take my jacket off. It's not hot in here. I'm just thinking of Santos. And he's not been on NXT for a while, but he's someone I hold very close to my heart yeah. because we've singing his praise for a while, and we've talked a lot about this heel turn. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, last week went great. Now you've got to cut the promo. Are you up to it? And I got a little bit concerned early on because the crowd are doing the what thing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, by the end, I was like... Jesus Christ. Put the belt on him, maybe? Yeah. yeah. So he comes out, uh, I'll do it for you, in a white suit. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, he says, I've got something I want to say. You suck, Chance. Uh, fine. What Chance less so, in my opinion, but anyway. Uh, and he basically says, don't meet your heroes. Uh, Rey Mysterio was my hero. The rest of the LWR are watching this backstage, by the way. Uh, basically, he says, I, wanna, I wanted the future generation to see me as the new Rey Mysterio, who's a father figure to me. And then, you know what? Last week I realised Dominic Mysterio was right all along. Oh. <laughs> You've hit the note so far. How dare you, sir? <laughs> he said, I deserved to be United States champion. Instead, Ray does it. I wanted to rebuild the LWO. And then Ray takes over and brings in Carlito. <laughs> and he slags off Carlito in Spanish. He says, we were supposed to be like a family. And then you side with an outsider like Carlito instead of me. Hope the pain you're suffering is like the suffering that I felt when you betrayed me. This is how, because there's an element, as we always say, of, in his own mind, he's completely justified here. He's yep. not just suddenly decided, I'm going to kick the crap out of Rey Mysterio. It's been building and building, and it's his warped mindset, mm-hmm. but he believes every word he's saying here. Uh, and he said, uh, you know, people said I should come out and apologize, and I'm, I want to apologise. For not doing more damage to Ray, that is. Uh, got him. Did the thing. And he says, Ray, Jesus, I hope your surgery didn't go well. Oh, <laughs> I hope you get an infection and they have to amputate your leg. Wow. Never come back. Oh, my God. This, unsurprisingly, brings out Selena Vega, which makes sense. If you yeah. were part of this faction together and then someone said to another one, I hope... You get so badly injured and infected that you have to lose a limb. Yeah. You might think, I'm going to have a word. Wait there, he's gone too far. Yeah. Selena Vega walks out, she confronts Santos, he yells at her, so she just slaps the taste out of his mouth and he just smirks. Mm-hmm. She's very emotional. She storms off and on her way back, there's Cruz del Toro and Joaquin Wilde who are comforting her and he's yelling at them. Uh, they walk to the ring and he, he holds his fist out and they go, no. <laughs> And he says, fine, leave. You're dead weight anyway. <sighs> and they go, okay, fair enough. They go to leave and he jumps both of them from behind. He kicks oh, no. the crap out of them. He's set to uh, hit his finish on one of them. When Carlito's music hit, he slides in to make the save and Santos Escobar just slides out and walks out through the crowd. Oh, my God. What a segment. What a performance from Santos Escobar this was. I think you're right. I think they're... Um, the what chance could have derailed it. The very fact that you kind of have to have, it's WWE, so you sort of have to have these sometimes quite forced explain your actions promos. I think the fact that he was sent out there as much as anything to sort of retell the story for anybody that hasn't mm-hmm. been watching or anything like that. Or listen to our podcast where we've spelled it out for the last six weeks. Indeed, indeed. Like the exposition can sometimes be a little bit phony or a little bit jarring or whatever, and it just wasn't. I thought Zelina Vega, again, might be the best actor of the bunch, as yeah. she was the prior week. She's doing... Uh, she's just. I think she's just like the heart of the stable, and yes. you can sort of see 
the turmoil and you can see everything that's broken down through her almost more than anybody else. In a weird way, she's kind of had the best moment in the faction. I know Ray's won the US title, but that... Yeah, like, it was sort of... It was so... Even in defeat, it was so celebratory yeah. in tone, wasn't it, you know? And Backlash was sort of their night, wasn't yeah. it? With, like, the Bad Bunny win as well. Ah, it was just... I was absolutely gripped by this. This was... What's great about this split happening now? And we were wrong as well. Do you remember? We kind of thought there'd maybe be a bit of a civil war within the LWO, and it doesn't... Like, I'm not I don't, I'm not convinced that, like, Cruz del Toro, Joaquin Wilde are done here. I think, you know, I think well, down the line... Do you want to know a spoiler I've heard? Go on. If you don't want to know this, by the way, completely understand that. Mm. I'll give it 90 seconds, okay. and then I'll not talk about it again. Starting from now... The rumours are that they might have Del Toro and Joaquin Wild be babyfaces and two new people come in to side with Santos Escobar and Hell Garza and Humberto Carrillo. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. I love that. Into that. Right. Uh, I will get, I'll get us out of the spoiler bit now then by just saying that uh, Santos Escobar had a big job on his hands here because we've seen in WWE, if you don't necessarily nail this specific explain your actions promo, mm-hmm. you're thought less of. In the company, yes. it's like, right, yeah, what are you wrestling? wrestlers wrestling? Oh, bloody time. What else What else you got? Show me what you got. And he did. Like, I thought this was absolutely tremendous. He carried himself with the heft of a potential, like, world title contender. Like, I don't want that to sound like I'm being hyperbolic there. Honestly, I thought he came across just in his poise and his presence as a potential, like, future top star. I was just... I know you're supposed to be angry. I know he's a heel, and I know he's supposed to be like, come back, Ray, and get him. Like, really show him what for. And yeah, Carlito, you were just trying to help and all that sort of stuff. But I was immediately thinking, well, yeah, but also I like to back winners, and I'd like to get on your bandwagon, please. Like, I think I just, it speaks volumes that they've immediately put this on Survivor Series. Yeah. Like, it's hot, isn't it? You know, like, this is just, I think, like, Escobar has become a hot character. I don't oh, he's know. He's always been a hot character but it's gorgeous but like in terms of like the heat the heat within this story right now is fantastic and as i say like just uh even if it was just a bit of fun and a bit of a throwaway the prospect of him tagging with dominic down the line and just these like these two sort of spurned sons of Rey mysterio is delicious as well like superb no notes um the the low point of the show for me came next it was a basically a squash match for for grayson waller against cameron grimes they don't really know what they're doing with him no. at the moment. Um, Austin Theory's on commentary. They they basically utilizing this as a win for Grayson Waller, so they can hype up. I'm really excited to see what this segment's going to be with mm. Grayson Waller with Kevin Owens on the yeah. show next week. Um, Grimes got in some decent offense. He missed a cave in, but he uh, he had a beautiful drop kick on a night of great ones. <laughs> uh, Waller came back with a rolling flatliner. Uh, he slams Grayson Waller, who rolls to the outside. Grimes goes after him, but Waller gets Theory involved to to get out of it. Uh, and then they get back in the ring, and Waller hits his finisher. I, I did cheer up when I remembered that uh, Waller's finisher is called the Dingo Driver. <laughs> um, but yeah, shame for for Cameron Grimes. I hope this is I hope this is the low point for him because he's obviously I'm, I'm biased, but I think he's an exceptionally talented guy. And give him something, and he'll run with it. Give him crypto guy and he mm. smashed it out of the park in NXT they just they gate brought him in he had that flash win against Baron Corbin but right now I just don't think they've got anything for him so they're just unfortunately making him the designated jobber here yeah it does feel like he's drowning a little bit um you're right you've hit upon the key thing there he's the sort of person that will probably manage whatever they've whatever they give him and make chicken salad yes 
But at the moment, he's not even really being given chicken shit, is he? No. He's just, like, you can't... Going out there and losing matches, or even when he was winning, like, the, the little bits with Dragon Lee, there was nothing to it, was there? No, no meat on the bone. So, aye, nothing right now, so a little bit disappointing. But, like, if we keep it away, away from Cameron Grimes, that could be anybody else. And it's a bit boring and a bit plain, but you do have to keep Grayson Waller and yeah, yeah. Austin Theory winning for whatever they're going to be doing with Kevin Owens. Uh, this time it was uh, Zelina Vega, she had to be anchored by that as we went to break, and we come back, and surprise, 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 surprise. <laughs> Not a great night for Zelina Vega. Zelina Vega's got her ass handed to her. Yeah. She's out. Jesus, uh, when I thought we could have another brilliant talking segment. Paul Heyman walks out to the ring. Uh, the bloodline sans Roman. Mm-hmm. Um, Jimmy Uso, the star of the show. And Solo Sokoa's back after murdering John Cena, and that's basically what this promo was about. Uh, Heyman introduces John Cena and then says, no, he's not here. Yeah, <laughs> He's never going to appear in a WWE ring again. It's all thanks to one solo Sokoa. Shouts at a kid crying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he says, look, Cena's got admiration for all the fans, but he doesn't have the heart to say goodbye to the WWE universe. So instead, I'm going to say goodbye to John Cena. Uh, and on behalf of the bloodline, John Cena, goodbye. And he does a countdown and says, you see, traditionally, that's where John Cena comes out. But he's never coming back. You will never experience John Cena again. Um, if he ever does come back, he has to fight Solo Sokoa. So he's kind of screwed. And then um, he decided to start spitting fire. <laughs> Jimmy, it would have been the greatest promo of his career, said Heyman. He just had to acknowledge the real goat. But now he can't even say goodbye since Solo spiked him in the throat. No, you won't see him in Hollywood. No place far, no place near. You can't see John Cena because John Cena won't be here. Fantastic. Like, Paul Heyman, I love the detail, by the way. But if you have to come out, you have to fight solo. That's a rule. Like, what a way to just, like, see that rematch yeah. in, like, uh, yeah, basically a failure to your family, your fans, your friends, if you don't answer this call and answer the next call, and when you do come back, answer the call out of Solo Sokoa that I'm making for you right now. Like, just stacking the deck. Well, not even stacking the deck, just heaping more dirt, effectively, yes. more earth on the John Cena corpse. Uh, just absolutely tremendous, because it's John Cena. Like, I love that heels can still be that stupid. Yeah. Like, he could with a, what's he got on his towel, Paul? Like, what's, <laughs> what's, what's, what's he kind of said all along, Paul? Like, he never gives up. There will be a day where John Cena makes a return. They have made this. Like, I hope now they've got the gumption and the guts. I know he's a huge draw for them when he rocks up when he's been away. Don't promote it. Like, don't promote John Cena's return because the pop when he, like, runs in to make the save in a pre-WrestleMania edition of SmackDown where the bloodline are dominating the babyface or whatever. Can you imagine that? Do you think he's going to get a haircut? Well, I mean... What, like just old buzz cut Cena. Like, the, the real thin... It would help the old egg in a nest, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, I, like, just do whatever you want with him. Bugonomic you... Cena back, or...? I don't even... I just think that... I think you go... You dared to say that... You he, hurt me so bad, Solo... I had to go to see the doctor. Oh, fucking on this. I went to see the doctor, Solo. And he told me it ain't paranoia. It's you, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, not the one you're with, his brother. But he's also here because we're all fighting at WrestleMania. Do you get it? Anyway, let's get him. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Heyman was interrupted by the modern day John Cena. L.A. Knight. Let yeah. me talk to you. Yeah. God. 
It's hot stuff, man. This is a freaking hot wrestling. Like, did LA Knight actually lose recently? Or oh, God. He's not lost anything, has he? I mean, uh, just uh, you don't need to ring the bell. But just keep him talking for the 20 minutes and I'm in. He said uh, the only reason Roman Reigns is still champion today is because of the bloodline. Yeah. He said everyone knows that's a problem. Yeah. yeah. And uh, LA Knight is a problem, son. Um, LA Knight basically said the bloodline's going to cease to exist because I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to take you down one by one. Uh, do we share the DMs? Yeah. I, are they, Will Bourne, building LA Knight to defeat, in the middle, a beltless Roman Reigns at Backlash? Oh, my God. Like, that felt like a threat to me. Yeah. One by one by one, Roman's done at WrestleMania. He finally loses to Cody, and then it's like, well, I'm angry with you, Solo, and I'm angry with you, Jimmy, and I don't even like you that much, Bob. <laughs> off, like that. <laughs> and then all that's left, and he's like, I'm going to go bloody France, and I'm going on my own. And then he does, and then Ellie Knight just pins Roman Reign clean in the middle, and then that's Roman's break for however long you want. Because um, the person who's got to fight Cody is not a returning CM Punk, but the person who inexplicably is incredibly over in France, yeah. Baron Corbin. France is Baron Corbin. Turn, turn Cody heel the night after WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah. Baron Corbin, the uh, it'd be so funny. It'll be like wet, 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 wet. Night of backlash, biggest babyface you've ever seen. Cody Rhodes as a situational heel slash babyface. Can't think of a time when that went wrong at all. <laughs> ever. But yeah, he's he laid out his plan basically. He's yeah. going to take take down the bloodline. Big words. Mm. Um, and he said, obviously, the first stop on that path is Jimmy Uso. He uh, calls <laughs> Heyman MC Boss Hog. Good. Yeah. And he's got his own rap. Oh boy. He says, Yeet or no yeet, Jim is him. Well, Jim's gonna be real dim. After all that drama, he beats he eats BTF. Blood Force drama. Yeah. It's a good job he's got the yeah, because uh oh. that's a good boy, it was rap Al. I uh wouldn't bring him in as a guest on uh, to do your wrestle culture song anytime soon. <laughs> but anyway, he concludes by saying, well, Romano saying <laughs> L.A. Night. Yeah. yeah. That's Really hot, man. It was hot as balls in yeah. there. Um, the rap was trash. Before we got to uh, the match that was just about to happen, Kevin Patrick announces Carlito Santos Escobar for Survivor Series, uh, and Shotzi, Bianca, and Charlotte are backstage. And Charlotte's like, who are you going to call? Someone who probably doesn't want an answer. Yeah. <laughs> See the uh, clips of... I did. Yeah. Nice touch, that. Anyway, uh, then it was time for LA Night. Mm-hmm. Versus Jimmy Uso. Yeet! <laughs> uh, I did. I just love the little touches that they actually think about now in mm-hmm. WWE. It's very low bar, I get it, but Paul Heyman immediately getting a phone call going, "Come on, Solo, Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy's about to lose. Let's get out of here." Jimmy's like, "Guys, where are you going?" He's like, "Paul, sorry, mate." Uh, LA Knight, all he has to do is stomp on Jimmy Uso or hit his head against the table, and he gets deafening yeah chance. They're amazing. I want to watch that. He throws Jimmy over the announce table to take us to a break and stands tall, posing. Comes back. Jimmy Uso, obviously, he's in control. Inseguri, two count. Goes for his hip attack, but Knight moves. Fires back up. Hits a DDT. Uh, Jimmy Uso goes up top, and then you thought they were just doing their classic, you know, cut off, up, push LA Knight off the turnbuckle, and then jumps up and does the superplex spot. But this time, Jimmy pushes him as well, pushes him away. Uh, misses, I think, like an axe handle off the top. There's... 
uh, an attempt at a BTF, an attempt at a super kick, and then uh, Knight dodges another super kick, hits the uh, BTF, did I say? BFT even, yeah. for the one, two, three. Post-match, Solo Sokoa's the music hit. He comes down. Jimmy jumps Knight from behind. Uh, Sokoa hits the Simone sp- spike on LA Knight, and you think, oh, no, they're going to kill him. They're going to put him through a table. But who makes the save but one? Cody Rhodes, who's got his own issues with he the does. bloodline. Uh, Cody rushes down, beats everyone up, and uh, Cody and LA Knight stand tall in the ring to close this segment. Nothing much about the match, really, to say, but I love the fact that both Cody and LA Knight have targeted the bloodline, basically. Yeah, um, I like, it was that other week, wasn't it, when Cody and Jay were tag team champions and you had that just incredible face-off with Cody and Roman to remind you that Cody's still got his eyes on the prize. Um, do we skip over the, so like Cody obviously was there, wasn't he? You could see him in Nick Aldis' office. It was after he uh, set the War Games match, I think, up for the women. Yes. And he opens the door and Cody's just there like the ghost-like figure. So obviously, uh, Cody has wanted to do some brazenness with, hey, their old friend. Been a while since we caught up, and they got all this and Cody Law and all that. I do have to say, uh, I want I want to hold WWE to a higher standard on this specific thing. Consequences, please. But th- this is what I think is going to be great about Kevin Owens next week. I do think that they haven't just forgotten about. Yeah, this. I, yeah. Because I should I should mention mm-hmm. a bit with Bianca and Charlotte. I'll talk about in a second. Then Aldis is there with Cody, and he's like, "Come on, man, you got to go." Yeah, Cody does, and at the same time they say. Kevin Owens on the Grayson Waller effect, which I don't think was incidental. Mm-hmm. Kevin Owens is going to be like, so if Cody shows up and kicks people's ass, that's fine. But if I fight other people on this show, I get suspended. It's all part of this tapestry of Kevin Owens going, Cody's a bad dude, you know? Yeah, I really like, I've split it. with my best mate. Uh, he's, he's, you know, Cody thinks that Jey Uso, the, science, the sun shines out of his ass. Kevin Owens is, again, they've done what they did doing with Santos Escobar. He's, you can see in plain sight, all the legitimate reasons for a guy to become a bastard. It was the fine, wasn't it not? Did yeah. Jay Uso, when he ran in on SmackDown, because Jimmy had turned up on Raw, yeah. if I get that right? Yeah, and then Jay, the, yeah. was, Jay did a like, revenge attack, and it was like, no, this is not how we're going to do business anymore. And this is like the GMs in kayfabe, but also WWE's booking telling you, we're trying to date something yeah. here. Um, I, I hope you're right. I hope that Cody... Um, like, I wonder if Nick Aldis will travel to Raw tonight to speak to Adam Pearce about Cody Rhodes' just rocking up on SmackDown and how we can't do that. I do think all of this ties into next week where I fully expect, because um, the tag belts are on the line and yes. the next, on next Friday's SmackDown. I, with it being the Judgment Day, obviously I think there's going to be a massive War Games overlap and again, that'll be Aldis slash Pierce having That's words. his name? What? Sorry, I couldn't remember what his, the GM was called. Ah, yeah. Well, because the thing with SmackDown is it's got Nick Aldis and so much more. <laughs> um, but I... Ah, Michael Hamlet. I fully expect the... Uh, the GMs to be having words either side of war games uh, about these run-ins mm. and these. So I hope so. Anyway, or if they don't, I like I'd like Kevin Owens to bring it up next week on the Grace More Effect of just like that's the oh, bit. Oh, you, oh, you mate from the Indies. Yeah, that's the detail. I hope you're right on that. I'd like that to be the one they pick up on. Mm. But I want them to pick up on something as a result of Cody just rocking up. So yeah, in amongst all this, Bianca's there with Charlotte going. Have we got anyone? Mm-hmm. Charlotte's like, well, I've called her, but I've no idea if she's going to make it on time. She's jumping on the Voncord. Uh, <laughs> and when we come back, <laughs> the baby faces, very clever this, by the way, looking back, because if she is running a little late, they go, well, we won't come out as a threesome. We'll yeah. do Bianca, then Shotzi, then all healed. Try and drag this out so we can wait till a certain someone can make it to the arena. Uh, they get on the mic. Charlotte says, look, we could talk about the damage 
damage Qatar have done, but we're running out of time. We accept your challenge for war games. Um, kind of one of the first girls to uh, turn on a best friend. <laughs> uh, she says, look, there's a, there's a thin line between uh, love and hate. But if I'm going to war, there's only one person I want by my side. But before she can announce who that is, damage control interrupt. Bailey walks out and says, who are you going to have? We've literally killed everyone backstage. You're an idiot and you're a loser, actually. <laughs> um, and Bailey said, look, you're not getting a partner for War Games. You're not even making it to War Games. In fact, you're not even making it out of the arena tonight. And as they jump up, four of them on the ring apron get well soon to Koakai. Uh, facing off with the three of them, there's a little gap in the middle that is soon filled by a returning Becky Lynch. A reunion of Flair and Lynch to make the fourth member of the Women's Survivor Series team. Goosebumps coming up on my arms. I was going to say, I stand up, I only got six. But like, um, <sighs> big brawl. Yeah. Uh, Charlotte hit like one person and then he like knocked him over like dominoes with a moonsault. Doesn't matter because it's red hot because Becky Lynch and, and Charlotte Flair are back together and uh, amazing. Word on that. And then I want to get to gushing because I think sometimes we're accused of not exactly expressing balance when it comes to WWE. Charlotte Flair for the second week in a row. Was it last week or was it the week before where there was that just that exchange on the on the floor by the steps that it just went horribly week, yes. wrong? This week's was even funnier. <laughs> so you assume that her and Eo were instructed hit moonsaults at the same times on the crowd. And Charlotte's like, nope, just going now. <laughs> so she moonsaults, wipes them all out. And then Eo's like, well, what the f- my moon sort onto then she just has to go so then like and charlotte is still first to her feet and then he was like well i'm getting up as well then yeah and then they just stand and stare at each other for what feels like an absolute friggin eternity uh, i thought like, it was meant to be like that's the stare down and the show goes off the end and they just completely mistimed it but then I yeah no idea. and then they start brawling and like i use that term very loosely because they're kind of like half don't throw each other into the barricade <laughs> just she charlotte flair just brings chaos wherever she goes yeah. and like long may that continue i think at this point because well the thing is for me this is uh stone cold stomps i know it's bad i'm looking at it going if you'd have just shown me this in isolation i'd have gone what the frig's this <laughs> but as part of all this i'm like yeah. don't care as you say really hot in the building what a moment that was i thought that if becky lynch was going to be the fourth or fifth whatever women in war games uh the tension would be about on the night the two of these women have to stand next to each other in this cage and we know, like it was laid bare in that hideous belt swap angle, but not just then, like the aftermath of that and the reveal that like the friendship had dissolved behind the scenes. And it was just awful. Like that that belt swap is one of my lowest ebbs as a wrestling yeah. fan, not just because of how hideous the segment was in execution and in the indeed. Remember the, how bad the Street Profits New Day one was? Mm-hmm. But at least you got four people that clearly just love being around each other and are trying to take the piss out of themselves to make it work. This was... All the bad stuff, and then the opposite reaction. No, we have to be as serious as possible doing this. Yeah. Kind of hate you now. Don't trust you. And this is supposed to build to a Is it like when you get your kids to like swap toys, for example? Oh, they God. Won't let go of the one that they've got until they've got their hand on the next one. But the just... difference is when the kids do that, once they've got the toy, they can just go to separate ways and never have to come back together again. Yeah. These two have got to trust each other with their bodies in three weeks on yeah. a premium live event. And that match was great. So you know they could go out there and be professionals. But you remember like Becky Lynch was kind of in tears afterwards, and it was just like, it was almost sad watching them work and be yeah. like, you just never want to be around each other again. This is, oh my God. And see them come back together as like a 2015 NXT fan and like the four horsewomen mean a lot to me and anyone from that particular time. And oh my, yeah, I was just like, right, like, is anybody there? Give on, get, back, get the boss back together. Have her come and save Bailey. Have the four 
in horsewomen <laughs> fight at WrestleMania in a four-way. <laughs> for all the belts. Like, I, I was just really overcome with emotion because it was stood there in the ring and you have the bit and you have the moment and then... People were like uploading videos of them and like like Becky's really funny with it. They're in the ring and like they've shook hands and it's just like awkward little handshake. And then Becky's kind of like what like oh god like whopping hands. And then like they're in the uh, they're on the uh, ramp, the entrance way, yeah, the entrance way. And like they both look like they're about to cry. And it's like obviously I'm not just assuming that like. This is the first time we've got, they've obviously not done it on camera. There's obviously been a lot of water that's had to yeah. flow under the bridge, but like they've done it. It's the, the Paul Rudd uh, hot ones, bit. Look at us, huh? Oh, who'd have thought it? Like, don't mention Paul Rudd. I'm emotional enough. I can't picture his face as well. Like, just being frigging grown ass adults and being able to solve their real life issues to be able to go and do business together in a way that, by the way, a bunch of men haven't been able to do any say like, <laughs> including one of my faves. Yeah. Like, Punk and the Young Bucks take note. Like, yeah. oh, this was just... I, I felt this. I, I felt the f*** out of this, honestly. Becky and Charlotte figuring it out. Like, and now even if it's like to build an angle and they can't coexist on the night, I almost don't care because in real life they can and I wanted them to make it up. I don't like the idea that those four women ever have a crossword between them. What I want is Hall of Fame pictures with them flashing the fours. Yes. I don't want them to have like gone their separate ways IRL. This was this was magic for me. And the thing is, you talked a lot about this on socials and I just want to mention it. Like you and I could have sat here four weeks ago and said, I will pick a, a women's war games match and uh I suppose you can maybe justify Rhea team with like Naya. Uh, I don't know, uh, damage control kind of heelish on SmackDown. Out of obligation. And we'll pick, uh, put Bianca in there, put Charlotte in there, we'll put some other baby faces in there. And I'd have felt, I'd have bigged it up and I'd have felt nothing for it on the night. Yeah. Now, not only am I incredibly excited to see this on Saturday night, watch our live stream on our YouTube channel, of course. I'm fantasy booking stuff tonight. Yep. From Raw, because you've got Xylee and Becky Lynch, mm-hmm. and I'll talk more about that on the Raw preview. And your booking, considering the history of, it's these people in war games, isn't it? It'd be a shame if something happens to one of them backstage before the show happens. Yep. Like, it's so exciting mm-hmm. that it's on a par with the men's war games match. Out of question. nowhere. Yeah. Two weeks, basically. Like I say, that damage guitar reshuffle seems to have helped all of this slot into place. I, I was gripped by this, genuinely. Really, really exciting. And we'll talk more about it on the Raw preview a little bit later on today. But for now, let us know your thoughts on SmackDown, uh, on X, at WhatCultureWWE. Watch, say you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. Make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling, uh, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. As I mentioned, a Raw preview coming your way later on today. And our full gear review as well with Michael Sidgwick. But for now, this has been the SmackDown review. My thanks to Michael Hamflet. Thank you for joining us. And we... We'll see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.